0: Good morning. Uh, we're going to be continuing our series today uh, on relationship goals. Uh, I'm just curious, if you want to participate, you can. If you are married and proud of it, would you lift your hands up nice and big? You're married and proud of it. Yes. All right. Go ahead and put your hands down. Again, no pressure to participate. But if you're not married and you want everyone else in the room to know it, would you also lift your hands real high? Look around. You're like, I want everyone to know it. Look around here. Okay. <clears throat> If you're not married, if you're not married, don't tune out. Um, My wife and I have a great marriage today because when we weren't married, we were paid a lot of attention to uh, messages. Every time they were preached on, someone preached on marriage, we took good notes. And we still do, yeah. Yeah, that's right, honey, you better take good notes. (laughs) But there's some good stuff. There's some good stuff in here. These are Christian principles that uh, I think will help your life regardless of where you are. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people that are looking for relationship goals on the internet. Somebody posts something that that they did in their relationship and, uh, and then other people see that on the internet and they say, ooh, I want that. I found some of those. I just want to show a couple. We could put this up on the big screen here just to make it easier for people that don't have a good angle. <laughs> I don't get this one. <laughs> Is this anybody's relationship goal? Like... <laughs> It's just, I really want to hold you upside down and try to, I don't get it. That's weird. This one. That man doesn't even love that girl. One wrong move and she's dead. She's dead. I don't, I don't get that one. But this one, this next one makes a lot more sense. Check it out. <clears throat> I get this one. This right here, this is a, this is a couple That is mission-driven. And right now the mission is get the Doritos Cool Ranch flavor on the top shelf. We're going to get it. So they understood the assignment on this one. Work together. We can do more together than we could on our own. Uh, Yeah, you're paying attention to the sermons, I know. That's fun and all. But there's a lot of marriages that, uh, that wind up in a really hurting place. And nobody ever planned for them to get that way. You start out thinking, you know, together we can get the Doritos off the top shelf. But somewhere along the lines, something changes. Nobody starts out in marriage and says, you know what I really want? My dream for our marriage is that we max out every credit card that we get. And after 10 years, on our 10-year anniversary, we can just argue about money all the time. (laughs) Nobody says that. Nobody says, I want to have uncontrollable lust and be a porn addict and never actually experience true intimacy. No one starts out thinking that. Nobody says, I want to get so involved in a hobby. I want to get so involved in kids, the cable news, my job. I want to get so distracted by something besides my spouse that 20 years later I wind up wondering why on earth am I married. Nobody has a relationship goal at the beginning of marriage that goes, You know, I want to start out with little lies, and then one day, maybe by the time I'm 50, my life can be one big, huge lie, and I can crush the person that I love. No one starts out that way. But there's a lot of people, that's exactly where they wind up. It's exactly where they go. Why? So you don't get a great marriage accidentally. You don't fall into it. You work your way into it. You, it's, it's mutual submission, there's sacrifice. You need, if you want a godly marriage, you need godly relationship goals. And that's what this series is about. Uh, I want to spend just a minute in review. If you have missed some of these, you can always catch up. Um, all of these are on our website. You can watch or listen to the whole sermon. But the first week we talked about this one. We are Christ-centered. Yeah, I hear you talking already. Good. Good. Uh, we are Christ-centered. The idea here is that your spouse does not complete you. They're not the one. Jesus is the one. Jesus completes you. Your spouse is your number two. And a great way to uh, to become Christ-centered or be more Christ-centered is just to pray together. If you do that one simple thing, pray 10 seconds together every day, uh, that will help you be more Christ-centered. Then I shared uh, how we are mission-driven. This is two people. Going in the same direction. Realize when two people start to care about the things that Jesus cares about, they go in the same direction, and they're not divided; they're united. No marriage is static. You're either moving towards isolation or you're moving towards unity. We always want to be moving towards unity. This week, I'm talking about uh, we are devil kicking, and next week, my dad will be back. He's going to preach on we are covenant keeping. Now, I've been, if you've been here a few weeks, you know uh, I like to practice this, so I want to hear you say it out loud. We are Christ-centered. We are mission-driven. We are devil-kicking. We are covenant-keeping. One more time. We are Christ-centered. We are mission-driven. We are devil-kicking. We are covenant-keeping. All right, Dad, if they don't get it for you next week, it's uh, not my fault. I got them. We got it. Good. Today is uh, devil kicking. We are devil kicking. Yes. The devil will try to get into every area of our lives. Yes. This is not just a married idea. It's yes. the devil tries to get in every area of our lives, and it's our job to kick him out. Yes. He doesn't belong. He does not belong in our lives. Interestingly, last week I shared how Adam and Eve were divided in their mission because Satan divided and, and tempted. Eve, he didn't, Satan did not talk to Adam and Eve, he talked to Eve. And the really interesting thing is that when Satan divided Eve from Adam, Adam was standing right there. He didn't speak up. There was a perfect opportunity for the first married couple to be devil-kicking yes. and they, together. And they didn't take it. Shame on Adam, he didn't take it. I just wonder, would, would we still be in Eden today? If they had just fought together like God had intended. We are devil kicking. In Ephesians, Paul gives advice to married couples and to children. There's a whole, the whole context here is married couples and children. And he concludes that section about married couples and children talking about the armor of God. Yes. The section is about married couples and children. And he ends it talking about the armor of God. Put on the full, I'm sorry, put on God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies. Everybody say strategies. Strategies. All strategies of the devil. Have you considered that the devil may have strategies to attack your marriage? He hates your marriage. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. The context here is about married couples and children. You're not fighting against your spouse you're fighting against flesh and bl- you're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies like your spouse, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, and against mighty powers in this dark world, and against the evil spirits in the heavenly places. Your spouse is not your enemy. Redirect your foot. Kick the devil. That was a good sound effect. biker <laughs> picked that up good. <laughs> Ephesians 6, uh, 13 goes on. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Say the next three words with me out loud. Stand your ground. The Bible is super clear that whatever God loves, the devil hates. God wants to give. He wants to bring life. He wants to build up. But the thief comes. The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Whatever God gives you, the devil wants to steal it. Whatever God brings to life, the devil wants to kill it. Whatever God creates, the devil distorts. Whatever God blesses, the devil curses. Whatever God builds up, the devil tries to destroy. He hates you. He hates that you're a child of God. He hates that God gave you spiritual gifts to do stuff. He hates that. He is scared of you. He hates that you carry the love of Jesus inside of you. He hates it. He hates your marriage, which is a symbol to the world of the love that God has for us. He hates your marriage. He hates unity. He hates your kids and he wants to kill them. When you feel bitter or or resentful, remember that your spouse is not your enemy. Don't kick your spouse. Redirect your foot. We are devil kicking. That's right. Let me tell you a story. Uh, When I was... Dating, Lena, I think think we were engaged. She gave me this call in the middle of the night and said, Adam, there's somebody banging on my front door. And I said, did you call the police? And she said, no, I'm scared to call the police. Don't be scared to call 911. If there's somebody banging on your front door in the middle of the night, call the police. But she called me. And every man in the room knows what I did. So she lived in Waterloo, I lived in Auburn. She calls me and says somebody's banging on the front door. And I said, did you call the police? And I said, I'm scared to call the police. I'm like, okay. And I've got my slippers on at this point. I'm like, all right, hang up the phone. I'll call 911. I'll be there as soon as I can. And I was like in a panic. Like, what's the number for 911? I don't, I'm running around. I got my phone. It was back in the days of like, like it didn't, it was a brick, right? In the Nokia days. Any Nokia people still, yeah. Uh, and, and I was a little bit freaking out. I'm like, where's my gun? I need a gun. I don't have a gun. I got a whole can. And I'm running over here. And I get into my car and I break every traffic law I can think of yes. to get there as quickly as I can. Yes. Because this woman that I love that I'm going to get married to, her life is in danger. There's a weirdo at 3 a.m. banging on our front door. And I've, I mean, I got the pedal down. I'm going to get there. And I get there and nobody's there. And so I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared now. Like, like is, there a guy, is there a guy with a gun around the corner? I don't know. I don't have a gun. What am I going to do? And so I got up to the front door, and I was like, lady, it's me, let me in. And she lets me in, and I shut the door, we locked the door. I was like, you're okay, you're okay. I think I saw the police down just a ways. I think we're okay. Let's make sure. And the police came up, and they said, we don't see anything. He must have been here banging, but he banged on the front door, and he left. And uh, so the police left, and I stayed with her for another few minutes. And right when I was about to leave to go back home, Car pulls into the driveway. Car I don't recognize. I freak out. I said, he's back. I shut the door. Lock the door. Get back in the bedroom. Go back behind the bed. I'm like looking for a lamp to turn it into a weapon, right? Like I'm going to do something. I'm like, stay back there. Get on the phone to call 911. You're scared to call 911. I'll call 911. You guys got to get back here right now. You guys got to get back here right now. I'm freaking out. Because there's somebody coming. That wants to kill the woman that I love. Not gonna let it happen. That's why Paul warned us. See, because you would be the same way. You would be the same way. You it would not be life as normal. It wouldn't be, oh, let's put on Netflix. You'd be on guard. You would be ridiculously on guard. You would be watching, you'd be looking, you'd talk with the neighbors you would, if you didn't have a weapon, you'd get some kind of weapon, one that shot or one that swung. You'd get something. If you knew that somebody was coming after your family, you would protect them. And that's why Peter warns us, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Someone, someone, maybe some marriages. He's prowling around looking for marriages to devour. Who does Satan want to destroy? You. He's looking for marriages to devour. By the way, the end of that story the police came and it was a harmless guy. I thought he was going to kill us. He was a harmless drunk that was at the wrong house. So they, they arrested him. What's that? A harmless girl. How scared of a girl. I didn't know to this day. Stella, I didn't know. She knew, I guess. But she was drunk at the wrong house and uh, the police took her away. But I didn't know that, right? Like, like the, you understand the story. <clears throat> Demons study you and your spouse in order to break you up. How does he do it? How does he do it? Here's the thing, he, he prowls around. There's no lion prowling around that says, Rawr. there's no warning from a lion before they attack. He doesn't announce it. He prowls. How does he do it? Here it is. The devil attacks with distractions and seductions. He attacks often with distractions and seductions. I'm going to talk about both of those things. Distractions are things that get our attention off of something that's, that's important. And seductions, this is sexual temptation. Let's talk about distractions here. I'm going to talk about uh, King Solomon. King Solomon. King Solomon was a very wise man. He was the wisest man that ever lived. And uh, he also had a lot of wives in the Bible. That's it's old school days. He had, I think, 300 wives, 800 concubines. So not only was this guy, like, he was wise. Not only was he a wise coach, but apparently he was also a player. Does that work? Okay. No. All right. But he, he was in love with this Shulamite woman. And he loved this Shulamite woman. And there's a book in the Bible called Song of Solomon, which is a book about love. And, and he, it's uh, the Shulamite woman and him saying some things back and forth to each other. And so I want you to rate King Solomon's ribs here. He's got some things that he said to this Shulamite woman. We're going to look at them together. I really don't get some of this. He says, your teeth are like a flock of sheep. When I kiss you, I'm pretty sure there's a cotton ball in there. <laughs> you, got, you got fuzz in your mouth. His riz is going down. All right. Uh, here's another one. He says, your temples behind your veil are like the halves of a pomegranate. Your forehead looks like an alien. You got a big knobbly forehead. I don't get it. I don't get it. This one's a winner. Your waist is a mound of wheat. You got a big belly. Like, how he went after these girls? I don't get it. But there's, you know, King Solomon has some, uh, this book is poetry, and there's some things in it that are, okay, my phone thinks I fell, all right. Um <laughs> There's some things in King Solomon, in Song of Solomon that's just difficult to translate, and a lot of translations say it differently, but there's one piece of great wisdom that we, there's a few pieces of great wisdom that we catch in Song of Solomon, and here's one of them. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. See, to understand this, you've got to understand uh, vineyards. So uh, if you have a vineyard, the vines would be in bloom, right? They would have a bloom, and... The bloom, the flower had to naturally fall off and then there would be a grape behind it. That's where, the, uh, that's where the, the crop came from. No bloom, no crop. And there was these little foxes, seemingly harmless, running around. And they would like, eat the blooms. So that's what they wanted to do. If, What's the big deal? A little tiny baby fox eating some blooms? Who cares? It, it destroys the entire crop. That's, that's why it should carry. It's the little foxes that ruin the vineyards that are full in bloom. I think we need to be careful of some um, little foxes in our marriage. These are little distractions. They seem this little bitty things. They're not a big deal, but they'll ruin everything. They'll ruin everything. <clears throat> this is one of the greatest ways the devil will attack harmless foxes. If you don't kick the fox, They can ruin everything. Maybe you have a little fox of comparison going on in your marriage. Your husband doesn't take you out too much, but there's another guy at work that seems to get you a little bit. Little fox of comparison. Seemingly harmless, but if you don't kick the fox, it'll ruin everything. Or maybe, maybe you deal with a little fox of nitpicks. Little fox of nitpicks. These are... Insignificant things that become significant somehow. I don't like the way you walk. I don't like the way you load the dishwasher. I don't like the way you drive. I, the way you chew, you chew. Oh, you stop chewing, my wife. Stop chewing. These are insignificant things, but if they become significant, this little fox can ruin everything. My wife once said, "I don't like the way you breathe." Why I stopped. (laughs) I love her. Maybe you have a little fox of fights. Fights over money, fights over kids, fights over TV, fights over attention. You You just always fight. These can be little things, but if you don't kick them, they have the potential of ruining the whole. The whole crop. These are distractions. The devil knows how to trigger your anger and your insecurities. When you feel insecure in your marriage, when you feel insecure, when you feel anger, angry in your marriage, good hint, the devil is behind it. Take, take a clue. He's probably involved somehow because he knows how to do it. And if it's working, he's just going to push that button again. Why would he stop? Because he hates your marriage. He hates what it stands for, and he wants to kill your children. Now let's talk about seductions. Satan loves this one. There's a statistic that says 60% of divorces cite pornography as the reason or contributing reason. I want to read this passage in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. It says, But among you there must not be even a hint, not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity, or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people I want to say it again I want that to sink into us among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any other kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people church do you have Jesus living in your life That was a really weak. Let me try it again. Do you have Jesus living in your life? Yeah. Well, if there's a hint of immorality in your life, it's improper. (coughs) If you are God's holy people, it is improper for there to be a hint of immorality in your life. Not a hint. Our culture is a little mixed up on this, so I'd like to play a review game. Can we play a review game? (laughs) I'm going to give you a scenario and you tell me if there's a hint of sexual morality here uh, on these, okay? And I'll start off with an easy one. You lie to your spouse and go have sex with someone you met online. Is there a hint of sexual immorality there? Yes or no? Yes, yes. yes that's, yeah, good, good. You're all winning so far. You watch pornography on your phone just, just a couple times. Not, 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 a, not three times a day, just a couple times. You watch pornography on your phone. Is there a hint... Of sexual immorality there, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You watch some TV MA rated shows. They got clothes on, but there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Is there a hint of sexual immorality there, yes or no? Yes. yes. You take photos of yourself on the internet in skimpy outfits to get attention. Is there a hint of immorality there, yes or no? Yes. yes borderline flirting with someone else if one of you is married. I didn't say flirting. I said borderline flirting. Is there a hint of sexual immorality there? Yes or no? Good, you guys are winning. That's what it looks like to not have a hint of sexual immorality. No hints allowed. It's cheating. These are improper for God's holy people. Don't tolerate a piece of darkness in your life not a piece. If this is something you need some help with, uh, we have a resource for you called the Messenger X app. The Messenger X app, there's links everywhere going up. Um, You can download this app. This app has everything that John Bevere has ever done. All his books, all his teachings, it's fantastic. I hope you get your phones out and start downloading that thing right now. It's not just stuff on there that would help you in this topic But they do have a class in there called Porn Free that John Bevere did. And um, just last week they put up a new podcast called Why Christian Dating is So Weird, which I thought was a pretty funny topic. I haven't heard it yet, but uh, I thought that was pretty clever. There's a lot of other really great resources on the Messenger X app. Uh, So I hope you take advantage of that. We've supported them a while back. Um, So please get it and use it. Here's the next point. Don't walk the line. Sometimes we like to see how far we can go. You know, how far is too far? That's a phrase that a lot of single people say. But it still applies for married people. Because the devil, the devil tempts. The devil tempts. He wants to get in the way. And for some reason, we like to push right up next to it to see how close to sin we can get without it being sin. What? I don't get it. Satan is trying To destroy you. He's trying to kill you. He hates you. He hates your marriage. And he wants to kill your kids. But it's okay to see how close you can get to the line without crossing the line? Are you kidding? Like if if this is a line right here. And there's a poisonous snake right there. In Genesis we don't hear what kind of snake the devil appeared as. But uh, I'm pretty sure it was poisonous. I'm not crossing the line. But if there's a poisonous snake on the other side of the line, you think I'm going to stand here? I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back. I might even put up a fence just to make sure I don't get over closer again. Proverbs talks about it. Do not set a foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go your own way. Proverbs could have just said, don't go on it. But it's had to say it four different ways just to get the picture through our brains. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn from it and go some other way. Do something else. Distance yourself from compromise, church. You'd never win when you compromise. A compromise in a marriage is always a fail. you never win when you compromise. So if you're vulnerable with Unlimited phone access, limit your phone access. There you if there's a person that you shouldn't be with, don't have lunch with them alone. Right. Don't do it. Yep. Don't do it. At work, if you realize that you're emotionally attached to someone of the opposite sex, yep. put in a request to be transferred to a different department. Yep. If you can't get transferred to a different department, quit your job. Yep. Find a different job. I resonate with Craig Groeschel here. He says, why would I fight a temptation in the future when I have the power to completely eliminate it today? If you're in a situation that temptation keeps coming back, change the situation. You don't have have to fight it if you remove that situation. There's two types of people disagreeing with me right now. There's people that are saying, come on now. You're going a little overboard, preacher. I hear you. And there's some other people disagreeing with me, saying, I'm stuck. I've gone, I've gone too far in my relationships. I've, I've failed it. I wish I had heard that 10 years ago, but I have messed up, and I've messed up good. I've gone, I'm too far gone. So those are the two people disagreeing with me, people that think I'm overboard and people saying I'm stuck. Paul has some advice for you, 1 Corinthians 10. To the one who thinks you're fine and I'm just going overboard, Paul says, if you think you're standing firm, you be careful. You're the one that needs to be careful that you don't fall. And to the one who's stuck, Paul says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And the solution to both sides is this, God's faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Don't walk the line. Stay far from it. Stay far from it. Let me talk to the singles here. (laughs) Satan attacks you all the time. All the time. And you are in training right now to fight the devil. You're in training to fight the devil. Because it doesn't go away. The fight doesn't go away when you're married. It just changes. You will not build a future Righteous marriage on the foundation of a sinful life today. So don't, right now, don't let there be a hint of sexual immorality in your life. Not a hint. Say not a hint with me. Not a hint. I encourage you, start asking your spouse, or if you're single, ask yourself the question, where are we most vulnerable to spiritual attacks? Where are we most vulnerable to spiritual attacks? Or if you're single, where am I most vulnerable to a spiritual attack? Because the devil wants to attack your marriage because he hates it. And when you're aware of where where you're most vulnerable, you'll be ready. Remember week one when I shared that we are Christ-centered, and that means that we need to, uh, we should pray together, right? I hope hope some of you are doing that. You pray together. If you pray together, you're going to make a spiritual bond. And something unique can happen when you're Christ-centered and praying together and then you're mission-driven and you care about the things that God cares about and then you're devil-kicking and you fight spiritually. What do you do? When you realize that you're being attacked spiritually, if one of you is being spiritually attacked, hey, guess what? It's the both of you. The both of you. Then what can you do? You pray you pray. This is week one. And those, you might need to turn up the heat a little bit. I just told married people to turn up the heat. That's a little bit weird. You can do that too. But turn up the heat in your prayers, is what I'm saying. Turn up the heat in your prayers and start fighting the devil together. Just like Adam should have. When, when, when Satan came up to, to Eve and was like, Hey, Eve, did God really say? Adam was right there. And he could have just been like, yep. buzz off. We're fighting together, not today. Try again tomorrow. He could have done that. But he didn't. He didn't, the wimp. <laughs> Me and him's gonna have a talk when I get to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> if you're really struggling, I wanna encourage you. If your marriage is really struggling, women, when. When you want to be critical and bitter, don't tear down. Don't do it. May, women, love to be, women need to feel secure and loved. Men need to feel respected. And little darts, little bits of criticism, tear down your man and, and put him in a place where he doesn't feel like he can try. Don't tear him down. Try. He may deserve it ten times over. But try to not tear down your man. Turn that resentment and bitterness into prayer, actual prayer. Lord, do a work in him. Lord, please do it. You can do it, you can change him. Try not to tear him down. Men, let me talk to the men. If your marriage, if your family is struggling, if Satan's going after you, don't be passive. Don't be passive. You're a fighter. Amen. Fight. If you're sitting on your butt, get off of it. There you go. <laughs> Bring your family to church. If you're not okay, get a counselor. Yeah. If your family's not okay, take them to a counselor. If you and your spouse are not okay, get yourselves to a counselor. And man, lead the way. Because cool. yeah. here's, here's the deal, right? Right? Satan is attacking you. If, if somebody barged into my house and I heard the front door crash open and a chunk, chunk sound of a gun, you, you know what I'm not doing? I'm not getting underneath my bed. I couldn't fit under my bed anyway. I would not go to the closet. <laughs> I would not go to the closet and say, honey, I'm hiding. You go fight them. I wouldn't do that. I'd say, honey, get behind the bed. And I'd turn a lamp into a weapon. We're going. There you go. And I'll die to protect my family every man in here would feel the same way. Yet when it comes to your marriage, you don't. Why don't we, guys? Fight, lead the way. If you're not okay, get okay. There's plenty of resources to help you. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna protect my family because I'm devil-kicking. We are devil-kicking. Would you stand with me? The devil will attack. And when he does, be ready. Join hands with your spouse and together tell Satan, pick another day. Not today. Not today. The devil will try to get into every area of your lives. Don't let him. Kick him out. Make it your goal to kick the devil out of every place in your life that he tries to get into let him give up on your marriage go someplace else, try again Satan I want to pray for people today that uh, want to fight maybe your marriage is one that uh, you're weak right now I want you to fight because the devil wants to kill you demons study your marriage To destroy you. I want you to fight. So some of your some of you have weak marriages. Fight. Start fighting. Some of you have great marriages. Fight harder. Keep fighting. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that our marriages would be strengthened because of the trust that we have in each other and in you, Lord. Let us be Christ-centered mission-driven and devil-kicking. Lord, I pray for uh, courage to rise up within us. I pray for transparency to rise up within us. We're only as strong as we are honest. Lord, I pray that married couples in our church would fight, increase the fight, we want to fight against temptation. We want to fight against distractions. We want to fight against sed- seductions. We want to honor you and honor our spouse. Lord, I pray for the marriages that feel like there's no way forward. They feel like they're stuck. There's no way out. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself as the way maker, the one that makes a way when there's not a way, the one that can break through any, any wall. Lord, we trust you, we love you, and we honor you.